Good morning. Welcome to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett. Good morning, Carol. How are you? I'm great, Mel. How are you? How are things down in the basement? Well, the basement's calm. I've got uh, my granddaughter, Wren, next door over here uh, watching a movie. And so she and I are occupying the basement today. Where are you? I am in my office slash closet, and uh, it's my new studio. Okay. All right. Well, last Monday, we were off. It was Memorial Day, and MPB Think Radio ran a special uh, Memorial Day programming. And so we had the, the day off, but I guarantee you, uh, you were cooking something because I know I was. What did you do on for Memorial Day? Well, gosh, I have to think back that far, but um, I think I did grilled shrimp mm-hmm. and uh, some vegetable fried rice with some of the vegetables I had gotten in my uh, farm box from one of the local farmers. Oh, cool! So how about you? I bet it involved the grill. Yeah, I, I smoked a, a Boston butt which was just really, really good. And then I also cooked uh, a rack of ribs, and, and they weren't as good as the Boston butt, but I managed to consume them as well. And I always uh, cook barbecue, but I always uh, use Dreamland sauce. Uh, I'm, I'm hopelessly uh, uh, connected to the Dreamland sauce. So I was on the grill. Kara made a blueberry peach pie, which was really, really good. I saw a picture of your granddaughter eating the blueberry peach pie on Facebook, I think. With it the little stars. Fabulous, yeah. yeah. It was great. So we had a nice uh, Memorial Day weekend, and I'm sure our listeners were all uh, cooking out and uh, who knows, maybe grilling uh, in their yards. But if anybody wants to share what they uh, consumed and prepared over Memorial Day. We would certainly love to hear from them. Meanwhile, uh, back at uh, Deep South Dining, Carol, how is the Cooking and Coping Facebook group going? That thing has really seemed to have taken off. Well, Malcolm, we started, I believe, two months ago, and there were three of us signed up on the Facebook page. It was you, me, and Leanne Galt. And as of yesterday, we have 1,706 people. That's pretty amazing just, yeah. you know, from this this short time. But it's really become a great community. And I've been so surprised how you can really make friends and get to know people through what they cook and what they comment on. And I've, let, I've met lots of wonderful new people, but more than that, been pretty much cooking from those pages because I you know uh-huh. I'm I'm not just a natural cook like you. I need an idea or a recipe and I'll see something on cooking and coping. You know, for example, uh one of our best posters is Bob LaCour from Meridian and he's developed quite a following on the page because his food is so beautiful. But, you know, I saw that he had done chicken thighs with in a curry sauce. So, yeah, you know, I saw that. Yeah, I, you know, I went out and tried that. And somebody else did um, a recipe. It was a baked, crunchy mustard chicken. It was from mm. Anna Garden, who's the uh, Barefoot Contessa cookbooks. And so, you know, I did that. So I'm kind of a little copycat, but... I've learned a lot about plating, uh, a lot about different food combinations, and 
I would just urge uh, any of our listeners who want to have a good time and see what other people are cooking to go to Facebook and look for cooking and coping gathering around the virtual table. And uh, I think you'll really, really enjoy it. And, and Malcolm, you've been posting some great stuff and thanks for that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've really enjoyed the stuff that Amy Evans and Martha Foose have been posting. They have this great cookbook uh, that came out a couple of weeks ago. We had them on the show. Uh, it's called A Good Meal is Hard to Find, and it is out. It's available uh, uh, at uh, Lemuria and anywhere that fine books can be purchased. It's full of fabulous artwork by Amy Evans uh, and recipes from the Deep South by Martha Hall Foos. And uh, they have been very active on the site and been sharing all sorts of glorious uh, dishes and recipes and ideas. Well, another great thing about that is people on the site have been cooking out of the book and posting yeah, their stuff or their interpretations of it. And, and that's been great to watch. Um, one of my favorite posters, I think, I think he's a friend of yours, Julian Brunt from the coast. Yeah, he's from Biloxi. Biloxi. I get up every morning and look to see what he's done. He's like the king of incredibly beautiful sandwiches and simple food, and he must be one heck of a photographer. Well, uh, you may not remember this, but Julian is the one and only recipient of the Mississippi Arts Commission's Culinary Fellowship apprenticeship program and he uh he used to run the dusty bonger foundation the dusty bonger art foundation uh and that's how i met him right after katrina and he and i became friends but what i discovered was that he was not only an art lover but he loved to cook and and we became friends uh, around that and after his tenure at dusty bonger uh, julian became a full-time food photographer food writer uh, and, and sort of professional uh, uh, food uh, information guide of the coast. And, and you'll see he has articles that pop up in all sorts of magazines. Well, 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 that explains it. Because yeah, and, and, and so he's beautiful. Yeah, he's really focused on that. Uh, and he does a great job. So, and he lives right there by the uh, lighthouse in Biloxi, in Old Biloxi. Uh, really interesting guy. Okay, well, let's call him sometime and get him uh, get him on the show. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, from South Mississippi, I-, I called Martha Allen this morning before the show. You know, she's the executive director of Extra Table in Hattiesburg that uh, serves the food insecure all over the state. You know, last night before I was going to going to sleep, I saw a couple of posts by Robert St. John, who's the founder of Extra Table, and I said. Oh, yeah, we need to look at what's going on here. They had a huge day yesterday with over 100 volunteers who packed 1,200 boxes of food that are going to Washington County to the rural areas of the Delta where, you know, people are out of work and where there are no food banks to be had. And and what you know what they were doing? They were putting seventeen shelf stable items that'll feed a family of four for three to five days in boxes. And if that weren't enough, 
then they were breaking down 2,236 pounds of rice. Wow, it's a lot of rice. Yeah, and, and it was donated by um, Two Brooks Farms up in Sumner. So they, so they broke it down into one-pound bags, and um, if that were not enough, they had 1,500 pounds of fresh king mackerel donated Goodness. from the from the uh, golden nugget on the coast that had a, a seafood or one of those fishing rodeos. Uh-huh. So they had they got volunteers yesterday who went down and broke down fifteen hundred pounds of fish, cleaned it, packaged it, and distributed it. So wow. so these people are are busy feeding the hungry in our state, all over the state. Yeah, that's a lot of mackerel. Um, so that's good to hear, and uh, it's good to know that uh, people during the, the COVID time or reaching out, helping one another, not only cooking at home, making do, but also helping uh, their neighbors and friends and fellow Mississippians, and that's a, a great report from Extra Table. Meanwhile, I know Robert, like the rest of us, are, is busy trying to get his restaurants uh, open back up. Uh, we're all slowly creeping into reopening restaurants all across the state. I've been really fascinated to read, mostly on social media, because you can't get out very much, about all the restaurants in Oxford that are starting to reopen, and Starkville, and Columbus, and all along the coast, uh, certainly here in Jackson and Meridian. Uh, it's a fascinating time to see if these uh, small, uh, independent, family-owned restaurants uh, can get reopened uh, and going again. How's it going down at Howland Mouth? Well, it's slow, but it's it's growing. And uh, I know you've been ordering out a lot. I, we've been trying to support local restaurants. I'll remind our listeners that you can order almost curbside from any restaurant uh, that has reopened. The Manship reopened. Uh, just last week, and they're still doing curbside, but they're also doing, uh, eat, you know, dine-in uh, with with social distancing and all of the uh, guidelines that are imposed. So it's a different day, but uh, everybody's coming along, and uh, the news is good. So uh, it's good to see what Extra Table's doing. It's good to see restaurants starting to reopen and to get the economy going again. Uh, I, I just got a need copy of Garden and Gun magazine Friday and I was flipping through it and there's a full page article about uh, Hunter Evans who we had on the show right before the coronavirus uh, hit. Yeah, and from Elvis. Yeah, from Elvis, but they did a, a whole article on him talking about his fried okra with caviar remoulade, but but he is—he loves heirloom seeds and has actually sought out and gotten heirloom okra seeds and gotten people to plant them so he, you know, he can use them. But you know, I'm—I'm I'm hoping that they're open. They—they they are. That's, that's pretty tough opening a restaurant, to, um, and then you know, within a few months, you know, having this hit. But. But that's that's a big shout out to him. Garden and Gun magazine, full page article, full page photo of the okra. And that's Elvie's uh, in Bellhaven, uh, a new restaurant, uh, and they are slowly getting back open and going again. 
And that's always good to hear. Okay, it's time uh, for our first break of the show. We encourage all of you to participate, share recipes with us, stories about food, things that you are cooking. We'd love to hear from you. Just call one 877 mpb ring That's one 877 Or we would love to get an email. You can, all you have to do is send it to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back in just a few minutes, and we'd love to hear from uh, any and all who are interested in sharing what's going on in their kitchens, their gardens this time of year. Carol and I will be right back with more Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. You're listening to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Malcolm White. I'm here with my buddy Carol Puckett. And this is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Carol, how are you this morning? Uh, I'm I'm doing great. There's just there's so much to talk about. So much going on. It's summer, produce everywhere. Um, I'm loving it. I'm good, but isolated. Yeah, well, that's a, that's an important concept. Same here. Uh, spending a lot of time at home, but uh, trying to get around a little bit, slowly but surely, wearing a mask. Uh, being socially distanced and distant, and at the same time, uh, you know, trying to, to to be safe. So, Carol, there's this concept uh, called CSAs, and I want you to talk a little bit about that. I know that there are a number of those uh, in the uh, Jackson Metro area that you've been exploring. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you've discovered regarding the community-supported agriculture? Well. Uh, that's been something that has has really interested me for years, but it, it's you know this year with the pandemic, um, CSAs are more important than ever. And as you said, it stands for community supported agriculture, and it's been a big movement uh, in the United States because it supports small small farmers. And the idea is it's a contract between the producers and their customers because there's nothing like you know having no cash flow all year long and then having a short season to sell your products so the idea is that the customer invest in the farm they uh, you know buy shares in the mm-hmm. crop so right. the far- farmer gets the money to uh, you know, buy the seeds, plant the stuff, and knows what kind of income he has coming, he or she has coming in uh, all year long. Um, and there, there's several, you know, there's several here. You, you know, the deal is you get a box every week. It's like a mystery box. You, yeah. You know, you're introduced to new vegetables. Um, ha- have you ever gotten a box? Uh, I have not, but... Um... I, I do know about the concept. I have friends, mostly in larger cities, uh, who get the boxes. But I, I think it's fascinating. And, and you visited, right, recently with one that one of the farms footprint. Yeah, well, I, I've been to a couple of them. A, a couple of weeks ago, I went to Salad Days, 
which is out in Flora, and uh, that's Lee Bailey's farm. Right. It's a hydroponic farm, but she's gathering fruits and vegetables from other farmers, too, and bakers to help them uh, sell it. And they post on Tuesday what they'll have available. And I'm telling you, if you don't go on Tuesday or Wednesday, you will get nothing like <laughs> I did this week. Because, uh, I mean, these places are booming right now. And uh, this week I went out to Footprint Farms, and that is between Jackson and Clinton. You kind of go down Highway 80 toward the Metro Center. It's back over uh, to the right. Her theme is Farm Fresh and City Sweet. Because uh -huh. she's just on this beautiful patch of land not far from the city. Uh, but th that's Cindy Ayers Elliott, and I'd really like to have her on the show soon because they are doing some pretty amazing things, uh, getting food to people who are food insecure. Anyway, uh, I, I went on out there Friday afternoon. I had ordered a box, and it was so impressive because every single person there was masked. And there was a sign that said, do not get out of your car. So, of course, the first thing I did was try to get out of my car because I wanted to, I wanted to take and I took I wanted to take a picture for you because they were loading tons of of CSA boxes into a pickup truck okay. and uh, I, I thought well this you know this is cool and somebody will get back in your car so they're very safe they take your name standing six feet away from the car uh, and either open your back door or your trunk and, and put in the box. But I found out they were filling a big order for a church. I think they oh, okay. had yeah, something like 100 boxes going to a church. So it, it made me so happy to know that the food is being distributed. All right. So, so it, what do you say? We have three or four in this part of the world? Well, we may have more. Uh, we have two dog farms, which I'm going right. to go this week. I'm going, uh, we've, we have salad days and we have footprint. And I'll do some more research and okay. I'll report in. Great. Sir. I believe we've got uh, a caller on the line, one of our old buddies, uh, Stafford Sheridan, who uh, he has a fascinating gas station. Is that right? Uh, let me jump in here real quick. No, not not yet. Um, we okay. have we have two callers ahead of Stafford. Um, okay. First, we have Joe from Oxford, and then we got Tom from Jackson. So let's go ahead and talk to Joe from Oxford, who is actually on the road to get some fresh fish down to the Gulf, like he's on the highway right now. Cool. Yes, hey, sir. Joe, what's up? Uh, not much. Big fan of the show. Try to tune in every week to listen. Uh, I'm a chef and I'm a baker at heart, so I do a lot of that at home, but I love to tune in and listen. I had to call and say, y'all missed a golden opportunity to make a pun. Holy mackerel. <laughs> You're right. You know, when I actually had it and I just let it go. It's all my bad. Well, <laughs> of course, I never even had it. <laughs> so. well, Man, we appreciate release, you listening. So, we appreciate you calling. Thank y'all very much. Be safe out there. Will do, sir. Thank you. Hey, right. Mal, before you go to the next call, speaking of holy mackerel, I forgot to say that Extra Table also got 24,000 dozen 
eggs from cow Maine. So that's a good opportunity to say, holy mackerel. <laughs> it's a lot of eggs. All right, we've got uh, Tom on the line from Madison. What's up, Tom? Wait, maybe not. We have to <laughs> it's a juggling act here. Uh, you, uh, see, you, you can see me on Skype. Malcolm and Carol, you guys can see me. Everybody else can't. But we finally got Stafford on the line. I'm, I'm working, oh, okay. doing a lot of things. So here's <laughs> – say, go ahead and say uh, what's up to Stafford. Hey, Stafford, how you doing, man? Let's talk about gas station food reviews. So, you know, there's a lot of water's passed under the bridge since the last time we talked, hadn't it? Sure has, but we're yeah, glad you're back with us. Up in Drew, Mississippi. You know, I, I was listening to you guys earlier. We actually never closed our restaurant during the whole thing in, in terms of we delivered and we did curbside the whole time. Now, the dining room obviously was closed, but uh, but we, you know, customers were great for us. They, uh, I think our business was about as good as normal, so really was happy about that. But they all kind of returned good for you. to normal now. Yeah, yeah. Good, good times. Oh, my goodness. What's that? I think that's the phone ringing in my office. Sorry, guys. Oh. <laughs> so, Stafford, you still, great, uh, isn't it? are you still reviewing gas station food, or has the coronavirus knocked you out of that? So, we didn't review gas station food for a while there, and we did what we call the COVID edition where we reviewed some of the cottage industry foods from around Mississippi, and I just did it right in front of our store there in Drew. But we did uh, – I didn't know this, but there's a company in Mississippi that makes summer sausage, and uh, we tried that out, which is Yoder. And uh, there's all kind of great sausage. And, I mean, you know, it's, it's a pretty interesting cottage industry out there, too. So we did that while we couldn't review the gas stations. And I did my okay. first station review again, which was our 15th. And we went to Cupolo. Wow. And if you remember, I actually name-dropped you guys in that episode. You'll have to go check it out. So I'm driving oh. to Cupolo to eat at King Chicken, right. which was recommended on your show. And I get there and they're yeah. closed. <laughs> so we had you to get make there other, other arrangements. They were closed, and I don't know if oh, it was they were because closed. of. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know if it was because of COVID or what, because there it appears as though they're open, uh, looking at their social media. So I don't know if I just missed them on a day or or what. But uh, huh. we we went to another store, and uh, actually went to Elvis Elvis's house in that episode into um, the the Natchez Trace and. So it was a lot. We did a little more in this episode since it was the 15th. Well, tell our listeners how they can follow you uh, in, with your episodes and your gas station food reviews. So you can find me on just about any social media, and that includes YouTube, and it's just Stafford Sheridan. If you just type that in the search bar, or if you type at Stafford Sheridan in the search bar, on whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, it's all about the same, and um, it, you can find me. And we've done 50 of these episodes. That doesn't count the the ones we did with the uh, kind of the cottage industry stuff, but we go from top of Mississippi to the bottom. And, by the way, I've sought out your Press Po' Boys, too. And? And they're great. Well, did, in fact. 
you know, I heard you guys talking about the cooking and coping. One of the things that I posted was we, we've been doing a pressed po' boy with pulled pork on it. At your place. Oh. Wow, that sounds delish. Hey, Stafford, spill yes. your name so people out there can make sure they it is, find It is a you. mouthful. So it's, uh, it's Stafford Sheridan, S-T-A-F-F-O-R-D, S-H-U-R-D-E-N. Great. And you're all over social media. And again, for those who aren't familiar with you, you basically review gas station food, but you also own a restaurant and you're a, a big time promoter of all things Mississippi and culinary Mississippi, especially. And a farmer. And, and a, farmer. a farmer. And, 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 and a judge. And, and, well, you know, I retired from that December 31st. So that kind of opened me up to do a little bit more of this kind of stuff. And you know, it's been a real interesting thing because it's as I travel the state, gas station food's different in different parts of the state. And mm-hmm. uh, it, and some of the best food in different parts of the state is gas station. But, you know, in the Delta, it's a little more fried chicken. You know, I think our fried chicken in the Delta seems to be a little better. And then you get up in the hill country, it's more barbecue. Uh, went to a right. great place called Roses in Hattiesburg. Incredible barbecue there. And they, got, they barbecue everything. Then you get down on the coast. And you start seeing that New Orleans influence, you know, and the seafood and the roast beef po' boys at, at Fat Baby and Elise's and stuff like that. It's, it's real interesting. So, um, and we've done 50 of these. So you can kind of get that idea as you watch the watch them. And they range from like three minutes long to 10 minutes, depending on, uh, on what all we did. Hey, tell us about your reach. Last time we talked, you were reaching into Australia and all sorts of crazy places uh how many followers kind of how are you measuring your social media well through the covid thing you know we were probably getting around somewhere around 70 to 100,000 video views a week when all of this COVID wow. stuff hit and that went down to where we were getting like 10,000 because we weren't putting hmm. posting new content so there's no right. new content and um and this is just facebook i'm talking about that doesn't include uh, the other other places you can watch it but um this last this episode 50 that we did we we got about twenty eight thousand views on that just that alone and so it's uh you know you wondered was i gonna lose some traction there because we were getting a lot of views every week and we're putting out a lot of content and uh it's you know everything's still not back to normal so it's hard to get out and, and film the way we really want to but um you were trying to take the, the right precautions and, and, you know, I'm generally I'm by myself when I do these. So that's a good thing. But, um, yeah. It's, well, it's, occasionally it's you feature your daughter who is a celebrity in her own right. You know, and I did one, I finally got the older daughter. We went to, <laughs> I can't even remember. I wish I could remember the name of the, the gas station because it was all seafood and they were boiling crawfish in the gas station and you could literally walk up, and of course, this is before COVID. I'm sure they're not doing this now. You could walk up and take a crawfish and try it before you bought it. Which oh, I yeah. thought was pretty Those cool. Yeah, and they had some great boudin balls and gumbo. I mean, they had everything in that gas station. It was a hard place to find, too. But <laughs> it, was, it ended up being pretty cool. So got the older daughter in, involved in it finally. It took a while. They were both there <laughs> when I filmed in, at Rose's in Addisburg, but I couldn't get either one of them to come on camera with me. <laughs> well, they'll get there. 
Stafford Sheridan, man, we appreciate you checking in with us, and we want to encourage all of our listeners to check out his great work of service station food reviews. He travels all over and posts on social media. Stafford Sheridan, thanks a lot for calling in. Good luck to you. Be safe out there, and we'll get you back on the show soon. All right, it's time for our break here, and we'll come back. We're going to talk about everything from hot dogs to ice cream and some, some summertime fresh vegetables. Love to hear from you. Uh, Tom, please call us back. I know you were on and we lost you. Uh, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Or you can shoot us an email. Just type in food at mpbonline.org. Carol and I will be right back. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. You're listening to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. So glad you're tuned in on this Monday. We appreciate your uh, support and your encouragement and the phone calls and the emails. It's always great to hear from, from our listeners. And speaking of which, we have a listener on the phone. Tom from Madison is calling in. I think he wants to talk about hot dogs. Is that right? Yep. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dog. Hot dog. Good so, morning, so, Tom. Good morning, Carol. So I'm reading an article in the New York Times about how quarantine saved the hot dog. Now, I'm not sure that the quarantine saved the hot dog, but uh, anyway, I, I found it interesting that uh, there was the guy that originally, a German immigrant uh, on Coney Island back in 1867, started uh, selling a Coney, a Coney Island Red Hot. Uh-huh. Soon it became all the rage, and uh, and they opened they opened a uh, a, rest a cart. It was, it was well, they had a cart, but then it quickly developed into uh, two city blocks worth of come in and sit down. They could serve 10,000 people at once. Holy uh, cow. So this is a famous Coney Island hot dog. This is a Coney Island hot dog. And and then there was a guy that worked there, Nathan, uh, who opened his own place, Nathan's World Famous Hot Dogs, uh, Franklin. Uh-huh. And that's, that's the guy that has the 4th of July eat every year. But these two brothers had an ancestor that had worked for the Feldmans, and uh, they had the original recipe for the original Frankfurter. And so they've started making these things. And with the coronavirus coming around, uh, because they, you know, they keep forever, you know, Twinkies and hot dogs. Uh, <laughs> and, <clears throat> but they're, people are hoarding these things. And, they are selling hot dogs in March and April like they sell them in July. So anyway, uh-huh. I just thought that was interesting. So there you have it, listeners. Uh, the complete history of the hot dog delivered hot dog. by Tom. 
uh, well, in, in less than two minutes. But Tom, I think it's so fascinating that hot dogs, they've been kind of like the food equivalent of toilet paper, Clorox wipes, and paper towels. That people, yep. they're having to limit hot dog purchases in the grocery stores. Yep. Oh, my. Five, I mean, who yeah. You know, every time I think about hot dogs, I think about Fred Cerami uh, from Jackson, who had, when he was at University of Southern Mississippi, he sold hot dogs on the corner out of an old cart. And then when he graduated, he came to Jackson and opened up Cerami's uh, Italian restaurant. And it all started uh, out of a hot dog cart uh, down in Hattiesburg. I think about that every time I think about a hot dog. And I think about Michael Rubenstein. The great yep. sportscaster, he loved hot dogs, and every year he had a hot dog fest. And Carol, you remember this? Oh yeah, at his house, and everybody would gather over at Rube's house, and we'd have a big party based on everybody bringing their own hot dogs and grilling on Michael's grill. And that was okay, on the Fourth well, of July. I want to like know it. from both of you guys what is your hot dog of choice, Malcolm? Yeah, I love a Nathan's. Uh, I, I, I love a and also love a Chicago style hot dog, uh, but I'm a mustard pickle relish, uh, a little bit of onion uh, kind of guy. Uh, I, I will put from time to time either coleslaw or sauerkraut on it, uh, but but mustard onion pickle relish is my go-to. I do love, as I said, the Chicago style with the sesame seeds and the hot pepper added. But but that's the, the kind of dog I like. How about you, I just, Tom? I just like the good old ballpark, the big fat ones, uh, the the plump ones. I like to cook them outside until they're crispy on the outside, just a little bit. Love, mm. love a hot dog. We're what he, about we're, you? We're Hebrew national uh, oh, at yeah. our house right now during yeah during the pandemic. Um, I've been able to get them on that Kroger Click thing. Gotcha. And it it makes John so happy. But um, I was just looking up while Tom was talking, and hot dog production in April went up 170%. That's a, wow. lot, of hot, that's a lot of hot dogs. A lot of hot yeah. dogs. That's and, interesting because my daughter, who it, doesn't eat a lot of hot dogs, said to me the other day that that she she and my granddaughter had a craving for hot dogs, and so they went to the store and bought a pack of hot dogs and had hot dogs for dinner and she said it's the first time she's done that in ages maybe it's the corona thing maybe it's i, I the, think it is when maybe you it's limit, shelter in place <laughs> yeah but when you limit hot dog purchases you know you've got a a, a serious thing going on all right well tom right. thanks a million for calling yeah. in and, and giving us that rundown on the uh history of the hot dog of course began at coney island new york uh, and uh, that's where they all came from, I suppose. Yeah. Love the show. All right, man. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Tom. Appreciate the call. All right. We were going to talk about ice cream, but we ended up talking about hot dogs. I mean, it's all very American. I know it is. I mean, what goes better with a hot dog than ice cream in June and July? Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think Jogger, um, we got. We got the chef on the phone here? Yeah, that's what I just tried to say. I don't know what's happening, but today all of our friends have been calling. And uh, one of my, I guess I call her a friend, uh, Enrica. She's our friend. Uh, chef Enrica Williams is on the line right now. Good morning, Enrica. Good morning. Good morning. Good 
Good morning. How are you? You're our very good friend. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. What are you doing? You know, just kind of isolated, but good. Yeah. 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 That's, um, that's how it's been for me. I've been using this time to, to plant. Uh, I have a garden at home and herbs and things and just uh, being very introspective about a lot of things. Uh, I'm still cooking a little bit, well, a lot, but um, <laughs> yeah, just but using it more, I think, is just like just ways to relax and unwind and limiting the amount of um, information that I'm getting because, you know, social media, you can go down this rabbit hole quickly, watching TV every day, day in and day out. You can totally get caught in that and it can get exhaustive. So I've just been just outside and growing and reading and cooking. That's what I've been doing. Well, aren't you glad you don't own a restaurant uh, this month? You know, it's been a very bittersweet thing um, because, of course, I have lots of colleagues that are still, um, they are in this space of do I reopen or do I do something else? Um, right. Um, I'm still, like, in business, per se. I don't have a brick-and-mortar um, space anymore, but I've been quite productive. I've been doing pop-ups um, with Fine and Dandy at Ray Scott Miller. They invited me several times. So I've done some pop-ups during this time, and I've actually just been um, doing my catering, like on a very, very small scale um, of dropping pies and empanadas and street dogs off um, at, at my clients' homes. I'll let them know that I'm en route, and I would leave it in a nice package on their porch or their doorstep. So. It's still, you know, it is it isn't as busy and as crazy as it has been, but it's definitely given me a lot to think about um, as it relates to what I want to do next. Can you share with us a little bit about this fertile ground documentary that will be aired on June 10th on MPB oh, Television? Yeah. I know you're involved in that project. I am involved in this project. So, what um, the fertile ground project? is actually a project of a grant that was given to the city of Jackson, um, Bloomberg philanthropic organization. Basically, um, they wanted to shed light on food insecurity and food justice in the city and also the accessibility of food. So um, the Fertile Ground Project is actually a curation of different artists and creators in different disciplines who are coming together to talk about it, to do something um, as far as having conversations and actually working with other people and things to shed light and to make it different, to change the systems, to, um, to, to increase the availability of food and understanding the importance of that. So the Fertile Ground Project documentary that's coming out on the 10th is um, a glimpse into that, just kind of our process, um, just giving some definite background and information about the severity of it in the city of Jackson. I don't think people understand or they take for granted the accessibility and the ease and the convenience of food in some areas, and in some areas it is desolate or non-existent. So what we 
are doing is we're talking about what our um, responsibilities are and what we've recognized and what we've witnessed. So, so the Fertile Ground Project, um, this is just one of the components. It's many different components. Um, initially, it was supposed to be a workshop back in April over like a two-day span um, with dinners and lunches and workshops and conferences, just many components that was going to, that brings light to different aspects of food and um, the availability. So the documentary is coming out on the 10th. It's, um, I'm excited it's actually coming out. Um, we're going to debut it back in April, but with everything, this is, I think this is a great space to to showcase it on um, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And people just get to see, and um, it's beautifully shot, it's beautifully done, beautifully edited. Um, it just gives a really good insight into it. I, I think people are going to be inspired or definitely come away with the need and the wanting to do something more or find out more information about it. Hey, I have a question um, on a totally different subject. You mentioned pop-ups in a fine and dandy restaurant, which is in the district area in mm-hmm. Jackson. Tell me mm-hmm. about the pop-up and what you, what you did and how people accessed it. So what we did um, during the initial onset of the, the stay-at-home order, um, except for the, you know, for food and restaurants, that was a that was definitely um, a need based thing. So, Ray Scott Miller, um, actually the owner of Fine and Dandy uh, in sophomore Spanish, he actually converted his restaurants into markets because people needed things and it was very difficult for people to access a lot of things because of availability. So he turned his restaurants into markets. You would drive up. You would order your things online. You place an order. They would shop for you. You pop the trunk. Your items would be popped, you know, put into the trunk, and you would drive off. So um, basically, what I did was I created a drive-through pop-up. So I had a space on the outside of um, Fine Dandy on the on the patio, and I set up a little restaurant, so to speak, within the market restaurant, and I just had an opportunity to. To, um, to put some things out that I used to do at Final Food Works, some of the favorites of um, the guests that used to come. And so everything was to go, and it was curbside. So there was someone who took our orders um, via curbside with a credit card, and, um, and we would just package it up. Everything was adhered to gloves, masks, sanitizing the stations. And it was just like a drive-through. It was, it was just made... Um, a drive situation, and people drove up. That was basically what it was. As long as it was available, I was open. When I sold out, <laughs> that was that was it. But it was really good to see people show up. Um, so a lot of people I hadn't seen in a long time, and and especially during a time when they weren't really sure. Yes. Well, Chef Enrica Williams, thank you so much for the work you do and for your great spirit. Spirit, and thank you for for joining us today on Deep South Dining. We're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to wrap up the show. Please stay tuned. And don't forget to connect 
to us on Facebook. Our Facebook group is Cooking and Coping, gathering around the virtual dinner table. Just search Cooking and Coping on Facebook. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Carol and I will be right up. You're listening to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. And today we have been visiting with some new friends and some old friends and talking about what's happening in people's kitchens, what's happening on their barbecue grills, and what's happening in their yards. And a lot of people are planting uh, vegetables and herbs uh, and getting out and digging this time of year. I've been doing a lot of that. Um, I've really enjoyed getting uh, dirt under my fingernails. I planted a couple of new garden spaces in my yard this year and uh, looking forward to see what comes up. And what are you growing? Well, I have tomatoes in in buckets, uh, and I also planted eggplant, peppers, cucumbers, and some squashes uh, in a new space in my yard that I haven't used before. So I'm very excited about that just to see what comes up. And uh, I don't know. I love gardening. Uh, I primarily stick to flowers, but uh, with all this time on my hands, I've done some vegetable gardening as well. How about you? Hadn't done any gardening, but I have done some, you know, food searching, going to these farms, looking for the CSAs. And as soon as we get off today, I'm going to go do some farmer's market rounds. Uh, I have heard a rumor that Brenda down at the old farmer's market in Jackson is opening today. I think she had had some health challenges. So I'm going to go check that out. I'm going to go check out the berries produce stand over in Pearl, Mississippi, and just um, kind of have a tomato fest today. Yeah, my my tomatoes are going to be a couple more weeks, but I know the the smart people who put in an early, uh, put in their plants early to try to get that early crop. I know they're already eating. I've I've had a lot of friends tell me uh, they they still they already have tomatoes. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of wait till Easter to plant. I I've been you know, kind of messed up a couple of times when I plant too early, but real, real farmers will plant both an early crop and a later crop, just betting on the, betting on the come on the weather. So I'm looking forward to getting uh, into the farmer markets myself. Uh, I really enjoy that part of living here uh, in Mississippi and in the deep South. Well, you know, Vicksburg opens Saturday and that's close to us. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I think we're probably about, 11 miles from there. So I'm going to get up early on Saturday morning and check out what's going on in Vicksburg. And I'll report in. You know, this time of year, I love a good BLT. And this is when they uh, they come into their glory with the fresh tomatoes and, and the good homegrown lettuces. Um, and, you know, lettuce used to just be iceberg. And now lettuce uh, is a cornucopia of options. There are so many great greens out there now. It's just it makes me want to shout hallelujah. I mean, you can get every kind of green known to man and woman and make a sandwich out of it. Well, I want to shout hallelujah and holy mackerel and, <laughs> and, and tell you that we have already introduced the BLT to the season with Lee Bailey's lettuce from Salad Days, with her tomatoes, 
and some Benton's bacon. Oh my gosh, we were that was great having him on uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, and uh, I need to order some more Benton's bacon. I'm running low around here. And you know, another thing, talking about BLTs, I know that most BLTs are made with ripe tomatoes, but I have really gotten interested in a, a BLT with a green tomato. You ever tried that? I have not tried it, but it doesn't surprise me. Malcolm White, a BLT with a green tomato. And also, this time of year, I make pickles. So I'll be reporting oh, yeah. on my pickle making here soon. Okay, well, holy mackerel, it was great to see you. Uh, Yes, indeed. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. It's funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by the one and only Java Chapman. And Carol Puckett and I appreciate all the callers today. I'm Malcolm White. Please stay tuned now for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, Southern Remedy at 11. And join us every Monday at 9 o'clock in the morning right here for Deep South Dining, only on MPB Think Radio.